Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. When was this? Uh, man, what a weekend. And listen, they, they gave me a lot of credit that should, and I appreciate that, guys. I really do. But they gave me a lot of credit, and I'm going to pass that credit along to the people that spoke and came yesterday. Um, when I started, this time last year, guys, and, and, I, and I, told, uh, I told Willie this this morning, this Sunday after the retreat last year, I was physically ill physically ill from just being exhausted mentally, emotionally, physically. Today, I'm great. I'm ready to go, man. And, and that's a testament to, to all of the people that helped put this on. And yeah, we let about 12 people just get up yesterday and say whatever God wanted them to say. And the way I came up with that is, listen, here's the deal. It, it, it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of serious too. I got out of ministry when I started training ministers. Okay. I got out of ministry when I started training ministers. And as I was preparing for this conference, God told me, he's like, you think you're the only one with a message? No, sir. No, sir. I, I don't think like that at all. And so God told me, he said, you got to trust me and you got to trust the people that I have brought to this ministry. You didn't bring them. It wasn't anything of you. They are here because of me. Let them speak. And there will be more of that. We're thinking about, you know, doing other things. But man, what a great weekend. Uh, one of the highlights for me was uh, whenever I found out that Sherilyn couldn't remember the word brand. So it was, it was the logo that you put on a horse. I, we, are, we are never going to a branding again. We're only going to a logoing. Okay. And uh, it, it, it was great. Like, like what they said, I, I'm going to be a broken record too. We laughed, belly laughed, and we cried together. We laughed together, we cried together, and it was. It wasn't just a retreat, it was a revival. But you know what it was? It was a family reunion. It was a family reunion. And as I sat here, right there where I was sitting just now, listening to these powerful testimonies, a lot on stage, but even in the back, just visiting with people, you know, all everybody's testimony in some form or fashion was was shared. But I thought if we never see that again on this earth, when we stand before God and collect our rewards, we will get to see that again. And I so, so look forward to that. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to first Pete chapter one, first Pete chapter one. So, in, in, and I've been preaching about this because, like, our faith is active. It, it, it's not in the past and, and some, I mean, maybe some in the future, but, you know, I talk about what's going on in 
in life right now. So we've been getting ready for this retreat and um, I, I did a lot of cleaning up around the house and it was therapeutic after kind of a long snowy winter. You just can't wait to get out there and do stuff. And, and for the most part, it wasn't even hot. You know, it's just now getting to be August and fixing to be August and it's just now kind of getting hot. But I decided to extend my horse pen uh, down, oh, I don't know, probably about 60 or 70 feet. And the only reason I did it is so I could turn out into two different pastures straight from the horse pen. And so I had to put panels all along one, one side and I didn't have enough of the same panel right? I don't know how you rich people can just get one panel that's all the same length, you know, because we have like a hodgepodge. You know, there's panels this big, this big, this long, this short, throw in a gate every now and then just as a panel, you know how it is. And so as I'm extending this, and, and it's really hard to describe, but you know, I've got this little cool deal that you, you walk around and there's the tack room and there's like a cutout where you can saddle right there. And I kept thinking, okay, I can make this look pretty when people come over and they see, you know, the, the place. I can make it look pretty and start from here and go that way but I know I'm not gonna end up at the H brace right. The best way to do it was start at the H brace where that's your foundation, that's where your strength is, and work this way. So for one of the first times in my life, I chose to do it right instead of what other people might think is pretty, right? So I get down there and like, I started at that end and I'm coming this way. And you know, on a long stretch, you have to drive in T-post. That is when I was doing that, when I knocked myself out, right? So I was coming all the way up. I'd already knocked myself out once and I'm getting close to the end. And when I got this panel, when I was one panel away, I thought, man, that's gonna be pretty close. And then I had a fear that there's going to be a space this big, right? Because that's what happens when you put panels up, right? And I'm like, oh God, please let this work. Please let this work. I'd already knocked myself out. I grabbed the last panel and, I, and I'm not even looking at the corner. I just set it where it's supposed to go. And I turned to go see how big my gap is. It was exact. Three different size panels from two different manufacturers and three different colors. <laughs> and guys, I'm not kidding you. It came out, I lifted a deal, clink. You can't do that with two panels out in the middle of the, yeah, and, and I'd just gone 70 feet. You're gonna think this is silly, some of you will. You know what I did when that happened? I literally did this. God, this seems so simple, but thank you for that. And I meant it 1,000%. Right, Ty said, I would have wept. <laughs> like, I thank God for that. I thank God for that. Why? I mean, there's obvious reasons. We're supposed to be thankful in all things, right? But you know what the last part of that prayer was? And I hadn't really thought of it this way. I said, God, thank you for putting me in the zone. In the zone. What is the zone? 
I mean, we, we hear that, it's kind of a sport term and stuff like that. The zone is, and this is my definition, I didn't look it up, because, I mean, I'm right. Um, why would I intentionally be wrong, right? I think I'm always right. Why would I intentionally be wrong? That's just a joke. The zone is a state of action where everything around you seems to work out. It's a state of action where everything around you seems to work out. Now, now if, if you're in the zone, that doesn't mean that there's not problems. That doesn't mean that things are easier. It doesn't mean that there's no adversity. There, it does not mean you won't fall down. It won't, but everything just kind of seems to come together despite all of those things. You know, the zone is like, uh, if, if you watch the NBA Finals this year because it was the Denver Nuggets won the NBA Finals, when Murray and Jokic would get in the zone, like they could have just gone to get a Coke and thrown the ball and it would have gone in, right? Because they were in the zone to do that, you know, have you ever seen those, uh, like those really dominant bronc riders? Man, they could ride with their right hand, left hand, no hands, blindfolded front, back, it doesn't matter, they're gonna cover it because they're in the zone. It, you know, some people call it a streak, right? Did you know that God has a zone too? And I was in the zone, and guys, may, I know I've been in the zone before, but it's different when you know you're in the zone. I mean, I, I've, me and Ty talk about it quite a bit. You know, when he goes and wins these ranch ropings, I was like, how'd you rope? And he goes, honestly, dude, amazingly, like I could not miss this week. Now there is the other zone. <laughs> yeah, where you, can't, where you can't catch something if you're, you, know, you can't rope your own head. You know, there is those too. But you know, there is a zone with God. Today, I'm gonna tell you how to get there. Well, I'm not going to tell you. A guy named Pete's going to tell you. The Bible uses another term for the zone. And I really, my prayer today is this, that when I tell you what the Bible calls the zone, that it will change your perspective and encourage you to get in the zone. And you can, and believe it or not, you can stay there as long as you need to, which is probably till we die is how long you need to. But I am going to tell you, Pete's going to tell you how to get there and why you should. In 1 Peter chapter 1, starting in the last half of verse 14 and including verse 15, Pete says this, you didn't know any better then. That's really important. You didn't know any better then. But now, he's setting you up, right? He's saying, man, I get it. Man, you didn't know any better then. But now, you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. See, holiness isn't something, you know, when we hear the word holy, we think of, you know, or holier than, oh, I don't like them holier than thou people. Man, that's not what it is. Holiness isn't something that we lord over others, but it is a state of being with God. 
a state of communion with God, a tight relationship with God. That's what holiness is. Holiness is getting in the zone. Why do you think God said? I mean, it's not explicitly said, but I'm telling you right now, when it said God works for the good in all things for those that believe in Christ Jesus, that's the zone. That's the zone, but you don't get to the zone by accident. You don't say, well, I'm just walking along, tripped and fell right into the zone. It don't work like that. It does not work like that. So, how do we get in the zone? Well, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, it says, So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. So prepare your minds for action and exercise. Action and exercise, meaning you have to do this deliberately. You're not going to get there by accident, okay? So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Prepare your minds for action. If you want to get into the zone, you prepare your mind for action. What this means is, listen, a lot of us, we got to get out of our own heads. You know what I mean by that, right? You, you got to get out of your own head. You got to prepare your mind for action. Because see, a lot of us, Christianity isn't theoretical, okay? We don't just sit around and say, well, I bet if we did this, then this might happen. We've got to test that hypothesis, right? With actionable, deliberate steps on purpose. Christianity isn't theoretical, it's actionable. God works with movement. You know, you, you can't teach a horse to necessarily turn without moving some feet, right? You can teach him to bend without moving his feet, but you can't teach him to turn without movement. God works with movement, and movement is action, and action is exercise, right? We've got to put our faith into deliberate practice, not let it stagnate between our ears. We can't just think about what would happen if we lived like God told us to. We don't need to just think about what would happen if we loved others. We've got to go love others intentionally, deliberately, and I can tell you, you'll know you're doing it right if it's inconvenient when you do it. It's always inconvenient to truly love somebody, right? We've got to put our faith into practice, not let it stagnate between our ears. But what kind of action are we preparing our minds for? Because it says, prepare your minds for action. What is this action? Okay. Exercise self-control. That's the action. You have to intentionally, purposefully practice. Exercise isn't a one-time thing. I mean, y'all heard the funny story of when I started trying to get into cardio, uh, cardio shape and... I came home and uh, I said, well, I don't think this cardio is working. And, and they said, well, why not? And I said, I just don't see any results. They said, how long you been doing it? And I said, today. <laughs> right? You, you, you got to do that. Man, it's humid in here. In these lights. Uh, exercise self-control. That is the action we must prepare our minds for. Exercise self-control to get into the zone. You know, Peter said in the very opening verse, you didn't know better then. You didn't know better then. Well, listen, you know what you should do. 
I, you hear me say it all the time. People come up to me and say, I, I, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. He said, love him, love others, and love yourself. Right? I mean, we can just go on and on and on. We do know what God wants us to do. Right? Um, you know what you should do. But you want to know why I say get out of your own head? Because that's where the excuses live. If you leave your Christianity between your ears, that's where it'll stay. That's where it'll stay. You, you know, you've you got to quit making excuses. Well, you know, I could love people if they wasn't so hard to love. Well, of course you could. The Bible says you don't get any credit for loving those that love you back. Right? We must exercise self-control, and that means quit making excuses for not doing what you darn well know God is asking you to do. Don't be one of those that waves their mouth off like a loaded weapon waiting for an excuse to go off, right? I mean, some people do that. I mean, they're just, they're just looking for an opportunity. Well, if they don't want me to be like that, they shouldn't act like that. That is not what God has called us to do. Exercise self-control. How do we do that? By watching what we say. Watching our mouths. Guard your tongue, right? And if you know the struggle of a particular sin, I mean, people say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, he said, go and sin no more. Work on that, you know? And if you have trouble with a particular sin, I'm just going to say it. Stay the hell away from it or you'll end up in hell on earth, right? People say, I don't know what God wants me to do. Exercise self-control. If you have trouble with a particular sin and it's downtown, has a bar in it, stay away from the bar. That's self-control. If, if you have a problem with your mouth running off like a loaded weapon, keep that baby shut. If you need it in King James, keep thine mouth shut. Okay? Keep, I mean, like seriously, sometimes that's the best thing you can do. If you're scared of what's going to come out of your mouth, keep it closed. Keep it closed. And how else do we exercise the self-control? How about this one right here? If you're looking for something to do, I would love for you to picture what kind of man or woman God wants you to be. You hold that picture in your mind of who God wants you to be, not who everybody else wants you to be so people will think you're important and people will think you're an amazing person and everything. You picture in your mind who God wants you to be and you work diligently. You exercise until you reach that level. You want to know what you can do? That's getting in the zone. That is getting in the zone. If you, if you want to get into the zone, you've got to do that. You have to prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. When I said that I was in the zone, I had been doing very hard things deliberately. And what I mean by hard things, some of my hard things is not being, uh, not thinking that I'm the only one that can do everything. That's why I turned it over yesterday. I mean, I still preached a little bit yesterday, but the highlight by far was others, not me. And listen, one message that God is, is really working on me is what John the Baptist said. 
I must, he must become more, I must become less, right? That's getting in the zone. So prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. The second thing that Peter says in the second part of verse 13 in First in Pete chapter 1, put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. You want to know how to get into the zone? Put all of your hope. But see, right now, well, I hope this doesn't happen. I hope this doesn't happen. I hope that doesn't happen. What Pete's telling you is, Take all those hopes, gather them together, and put it in one place. Put your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. You got to know what salvation is in order to get into the zone. How can you hope for something that you don't even understand? But Luckily for us, the Holy Spirit through Peter tells us what this salvation is. If we back up to verse 4 in the same chapter, and I kind of talked about this yesterday, uh, Pete tells us that salvation is a priceless inheritance. Beyond, uh, priceless means you cannot put a price on it. Nothing in the world can buy that right? It is a priceless inheritance. And that is an exact quote out of verse four. It is a priceless inheritance. And, and there's good news in that, right? It's a priceless inheritance, but it, listen to me, salvation is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change or decay. See, everybody thinks that salvation is something that we have right now. It's not. It's a priceless inheritance. Why do you think the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling? Right? We're supposed to diligently work to get that priceless inheritance. Right? Our Father keeps our priceless inheritance. He keeps it in heaven. Why? Because we'd screw it up, right? I mean, if we had a priceless inheritance here, we'd go spend money on, on, on new horses, living quartered horse trailers, panels that all look the same, <laughs> right? Woo! Guys, we would blow it. You know it. We would blow our priceless inheritance. And then in verse 5, speaking of salvation, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. That's what I was talking about when we were hearing all those testimonies. We will get to see that again. But this time, we will stand on that stage and God will somehow play all of our good deeds 
And man, I can just imagine like as this, and I don't know how it's going to happen, but like this video is playing and, and like you're weeping because you didn't know the impact that you had on somebody. We get rewarded for everything, not just the stuff that we know we did, the, the, the many relationships and everything like that. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Now, we have it already. We're just not going to get it till we get there. Okay, it's not something that we have now. I mean, it's there, but we don't have possession of it now because we're sinful. We, we still live in mortal bodies that can decay and we make dumb decisions all the time. But one day we will be redeemed. We will be refined. As fire refines gold, we will be pure where sin can no longer touch us. That is the day we receive that priceless inheritance. But until then... God gives us the zone to get in. And we get there by preparing our minds for action and exercising self-control, putting all of our hope in this gracious salvation. Man, alive. And there's one other thing that Pete tells us. And that's in verse 14. And he says, so you must live. Listen, he didn't say if you want to, did he? What was the word? Must. Now, it's not a requirement for salvation. It's a requirement for the zone, right? It's not a requirement for salvation. It's a requirement for getting in the zone. You must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You cannot be in the zone and act like that. Pick. Pick which one. And by not picking, you're picking, right? You're going to either be in the zone or you're going to keep getting what you've always got, right? You must be obedient to get into the zone, but not just obedient. You need to be like obedient children. Listen, you're worse with a toddler with God and you know it. You're worse than a toddler. And I don't care how old you are. And how do I know that? Because I hear God kind of lets me in on some of these prayers that y'all been praying. Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to love them? Well, why do I have to do that? I don't want to do that. It's hot. It's cold. I'm tired. We are toddlers, right? <laughs> why do I have to do this, God? <clears throat> you know it. You know it. And listen, some of you, if you would shut up long enough to listen, this is what God needs to tell you. And maybe he's using me to tell you what he's saying so you can hear it next time. Because I said so, that's why. Right? Because I said so, that's why. We must be like obedient children. Listen, I bet when Billy Graham died, he was a really responsible 10-year-old in God's eyes. He, he's, a, he's a child of God, right? I bet he was a really, really responsible 10-year-old when he died. And you ain't Billy Graham and neither am I. 
We're the two and three. We're going through the terrible threes, right? We're kicking stuff, biting people, taking our ball and going home. Hopefully we're out of the poop in the pants stage, but hey. Sometimes you eat Taco Bell. Listen, listen, your old ways, the way you used to live your life, guys, won't get you into the zone. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You can't live a new life doing the same old things you used to do. You just can't. Not get in the zone. I mean, you can. You must like it. If, you must like that life if that's what you're going after. Not me. I want to get into the zone. You have lived most of your life. And you're going to say, how does he know that about me? Because we all do the same thing. Listen, you have lived most of your life trying to satisfy some stupid desire that you think will make you happy, but never does. Don't you? Don't I? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. One other thing on that. Let me read that verse again. So you must live as a God's obedience children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Listen, you got to be careful because there was a word in there that's easily slipped past. You know what it was? Slip. Slip. Listen, you know, nobody slips on purpose, right? Nobody walks out onto the ice and says, watch this, I'm going to bust my butt on purpose. Woo! A slip means it wasn't on purpose. So be careful. Don't slip back into your old ways. The second you quit paying attention, guess what our default setting is? Sin. Don't let yourself slip back into the old ways. Nobody slips on purpose, but most of the time when it happens, we aren't painting a chicken. Or paying attention, that's what I call it. We aren't paying attention to what we're doing. We're not painting chickens. That's when you slip, right? To get into the zone, or the Bible calls it living a holy life. To get into the zone or live a holy life, according to Pete, in this passage, you must prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. You must put all of your hope in that gracious salvation that is ours, but is being held in heaven until we get there. We must put our hope in that priceless salvation, right? And we must live as God's obedient children, not punk kids, right? We must be responsible, obedient children. And as we end this, We've come full circle because the very first verse I read says this, starts off with this. You didn't know any better then. Well, guess what? You didn't know any better then, but you do now. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I love you. And on behalf of all of these people, God, I pray that we will do these things. Man, do you, God, you know we can imagine, but you know what would happen to a group of people. If everybody hearing this message could get into the zone, we would change the world. We would reach the fullness of the Gentiles and Jesus Christ would come back then. 
God help us to get into the zone and not just ever once in a while, not the zone where you're just streaky for a little while. Let's get in the zone and stay in the zone. And you have promised us that it's possible. We didn't know better then, but we do now. God help us to do all of these things. And I pray right now for the, for the man that's fixing to get up and publicly declare his faith as we watch him become a brand new creation right before our very eyes. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.